0: From Relay FM. This is the Pan Addict episode 493. Today's show is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens. My name is Mike Hurley and I'm joined by Brad Downey. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm good. Getting ready for good. Christmas in a couple of days here. Yeah, yeah. It's like,
1: I want to say things are like winding down here, but you know. My wife's still working, I'm still working. The kids just got out of school this week. So it's like it's like really came up
0: fast. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am unprepared. For, this is basically um, a bonus episode, this one. What we're doing right I, I now. thought it would be the
1: next one. I thought it'd be the next one. We mm, I think I would more
0: off. likely have taken this week off. This us. this year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But um it's all bonus from here on out because we're we're not stopping until we hit uh, five hundred, yep. right? Like yep. everything every every single week come no breaks hell or high water an episode will be released. and then we're yeah, gonna we, take no, a six month break no we're not no we're not no we're not. no no, no no i need to to share my terrible opinions um in a much more frequent time frame than frame than every six can months. you imagine
0: it would be every six months but it's 26 hours long the <laughs> that would be terrible it's like it's not like anything doesn't get included it's just, yeah. we
1: just do it once uh, once or twice yeah. a year. I'm not that organized to keep a six month note <laughs> file of what <laughs> Don't I need to talk about. Don't
0: you write every day? Like you're writing I down? I do,
1: something? I do. But like, there would be mixed in with like some other stuff, right? Mm. Like it wouldn't be separated. I'd have to have like, oh man, this is a whole, this is a whole situation we just created. Like I'd have to have a whole different notebook and a whole different organization structure. Yeah, we can't have a, a, a twice a year podcast. That would not work for me
0: i have a real ghetto a ghetto like setup today oh yeah like Why paper and pen wise oh yeah let's hear it so i'm using the blue mark one okay I, oh, I oh sounds it sounds terrible well that's good but it's the it's okay. like it's kind of basically all what was in my backpack already <laughs> <laughs> and uh field notes dime edition okay it was just in my backpack yeah i mean
1: that's a primo setup that's a that's a that's a uh that's an A tier setup.
0: It's more right? you should see it. This uh, notebooks mm-hmm. a bit uh it's a bit beat up cuz it's loved. been in my it's backpack well for like years I think at this point. <laughs> and basically I just grab it out and just mm-hmm. write down some show notes when I'm recording on the road. I'm on the road today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you don't think about like what pens or paper you pack. Like when even, I like, travel if it's one. Yeah. No, I mean like wh-
0: one thing. Well, I have a, uh, oh man, what's the name of the product? A Lookout. That's the three mm-hmm. pen, right? Right. And it has this. It has uh the spoke pen, like mm-hmm. the spoke pen, not the fountain pen, just like the spoke right. pen. Right. Right. No, not the. Sp- it has a spoke pencil four in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. And the good a retro fifty one. Hmm. And the Mark One. And the Mark One. All right. That's fair. Yeah. They're like, the Mark 1 was a recent edition because I just wanted to use it on the strip and I now have uh, like six of them. So I've got to start spreading them about a bit. So now this (laughs) one just lives in my backpack. But the notebook was kind of like, it it was just already in the bag. So I'm trying Mm -hmm. to work out when I started it because I've got some notes here. So I'm just like. Oh, that's always fun
1: to to pick up a half used notebook and the last entry was from three
0: years ago. Yep. And so I'm trying to work out. Let Mm me see. It's got some notes in it here, and so I'm I'm just like I'm scrolling through some podcast show notes now to try and work out the date because I didn't for some reason did not date this. Uh, mm. This goes back to September of 2017. Hey, wow, this notebook. <laughs> That's probably when the time novel launched. <laughs> probably not that. That I think that was 2016, right? Because it <laughs> launched know. when we were there. Oh, it'll
1: say in the it'll say in the back of the book like in the back at the bottom uh, when it launched. But yeah, that makes oh, sense. September
0: 2017. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's one from the event. Because <laughs> you would have been traveling, right? very
0: likely, because I did buy some.
1: Yeah, because you would have been traveling. Mm-hmm. If it's the same. Yep. yep. Nice. There you go. Nice.
0: Is this a show? Yes. Okay. But it's also other stuff, like oh, okay. an announcement from the Delta Pen Company.
1: Yeah, I've been asked to uh, mention this or comment on it, and I, I do find it interesting as an industry ro- watcher. But let me—I uh, think the best thing to do is to kind of read this um, little PR release from Mayora. So we've talked about Mayora before mm-hmm. as a, gosh, offshoot of the original Delta. Like Delta closed down what, like two years ago? I don't even—I don't have my time frame uh, correct, but something like that. And part of the company. Left and some of them started Leonardo, um, which we love so much, and as part of them started Mayora, which is another great pen that I enjoy very, very much. Um, so these two offshoot companies, and now Mayora, who has existed in the the wake of Delta's closing, has actually bought. The original Delta. And when I say that, I mean like literally everything. So this is a short little PR release, and I'm gonna read it because it <laughs> they go into a, like all of it in a very short, short time frame. The Mayora Pen Company of Naples has required uh, has acquired the rights to the Delta Pen Company. The rights of use have been officially transferred by the new property to Mayora Pen Company and are both tangible and intangible. This is very uh lawyer-esque. The material rights are All of Delta's goods, all of Delta's materials warehouse, all of Delta's equipment, all of Delta's machinery, and importantly, Mike, all of Delta's furnishings. (laughs) I want those goddamn
0: chairs.
1: (laughs) The intangible assets are the full use of the Delta brand and the use of the Marchiaro brand, which I've never heard of, all the patents, which is very interesting, and the entire history the entire history and images of the Delta Company. This is, as they say, Mike, the whole kit and caboodle. And the, the chairs. Ex- yeah, and the chairs and the the, uh, the window coverings, the window <laughs> <make> treatments. <laughs> the whole thing. sub furnishings. I want the sub mm-hmm.
0: dispensers. Give me it all. Yeah.
1: The exclusive distribution in the United States will be by Yaffa Brands. Delta plans to begin production in 2022 and start shipping products by mid-2022. So the t- my takeaway from this is Mayora was an offshoot of Delta. The group that started Mayora has now bought literally all of Delta and is not going to roll it into Mayora. They're going to... Uh, revive Delta as a brand, which is probably the right decision because it was a very well loved and respected brand. They just had they just had a really kind of quick downfall toward towards their end, and just you know QC issues, production issues, and until they just finally had to shut the door. So it's just interesting. It'll be something to watch that they're going to keep. It, the best I get from this is that they're going to keep the old Delta intact, and um, hopefully. Hopefully, kind of like uh, maybe bring it bring it up to speed and do some interesting things like they're doing with Mayora already. Like I, I like what Mayora has done as a brand, you know, launching from the Delta closure. So it'll be interesting to see the people that were involved in Delta are essentially bringing Delta back to life and how you know true to the original brand they're going to stay. I think that'll be the real question because now. This company has two brands, two, you know, main writing brands, Mayora, which is a new brand and then the, the classic Delta. So I, I I just find it interesting to be one to watch. I was never a, like a real Delta fan myself, um, but I know a lot of people will like swear by some of their pin models and their materials are always real popular. When you see like an orange kind of like an acrylic cracked ice material. I think a lot of people in in the industry and who have been fountain pen fans for a long time, they go, "Oh, that's like a Delta. That's a like they're very they have a very popular orange, which of course
0: I love." So there you go. That's the I, that's the Delta news. I'm not sure how valuable the brand Delta is now. Agree. Like, just I mean, this is in general. Plus, I mean, if they're launching in 2022, the word Delta has some negative connotations now that it didn't before.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see, and it's an interesting decision that mayor is going to keep it. it. The best of my reading of this press release is they're going to keep it the original name and try to revive and resuscitate Delta. Yeah. And is that the right decision? Who knows, right? Because like you're saying, like... it. it it didn't end on a high note. <laughs> they didn't go out with a bang, right? They went out with like technical failures and flawed products and things like that. So,
0: Well, I just mean more as in coronavirus. Oh, see, I'm like, that was like, I'm already into the Omicrons, Mike. Like mm-hmm. Delta's old news. <laughs> Delta's yesterday. Look, uh, yeah. to be fair, I guess if Corona beer can can like, can like keep it going, I'm sure Delta <laughs> Pan can keep it going too. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see.
1: We'll s- I, I am mm-hmm. curious to see what happens. And their time frame is is tight. Like, shipping mid-2022, Like that's stuff in progress right now. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, it'll be interesting to watch. Another brand I'm maybe more interested to watch is Dominant Industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about them before, just in how great the name is and how cool these ink bottles are. And I finally did my first review of one of their inks. And I'm just exceedingly pleased with it. Like, I don't have a lot to say. It, it's really hard when an ink is normal to say how good that is. Um, It it just, it's really good. And like, not all inks are really good writers from the nib. And like, I did this review, and we'll link it in the show notes, of Lake. The, the color is called Lake. Number 115, Lake. I don't know what the number is relating to. Um... But when I kind of, you know, I I mentioned in the review that I hit, like, the perfect, um, like, setup with the medium Faber-Castell nib and the paper, and everything just worked perfectly out the gate, and the consistency of the lines page after page after page. Like, I never had to like, consider anything as I was writing with this ink, and that made me enjoy it even more, even though there is a, you know, it's a, it's kind of a simple ink, right? It, like, it has a little bit of shading, and, you know, it's it's just good. Like, it, it was hard, it was easy to review because the bottles are cool, and the story's cool, and it looks cool, but, like, nuts and bolts, it just worked, and sometimes that's enough and sometimes that says a lot about a product where sometimes inks just don't work, right? Mm. And um, I just felt like I want to try more of this ink because of just how quality and consistent the output was. And I I guess why I'm like stumbling over my words on that is it's, it's not always that way, right? Like it's not – sometimes I have to think about the ink and then what I have to do to manage the ink as I'm writing, right? Is it too wet – You know, do I have to have, a like, a blotter paper? Is it not flowing well from the nib? You know, do I have to, like, prime it, you know, between paragraphs or something like that? And this one was just nothing. I just wrote, and I never stopped, and it was kind of fun. And, like, I forget that sometimes.
0: Their inks look really cool. But you have to be careful with them, though, right? You can't just buy whatever ones you want. Yeah, that's a
1: good point. So, they... They, like, they pers- first popped up in my timelines and, like, on Instagram because they make, like, this holographic ink and all of these, like, really pearlescent inks that are designed for dip nib pens, right? So, but the bottles look exactly the same, right? You're, you just have to be careful that you're ordering. I'd say, you know, it's probably, like, 80%, 20% fountain pen inks versus dip inks. On your
0: Stationery's website, because they sell it, right? Um, yeah. They actually say mm-hmm. in the description of the product what it's for. Like, if it's yes. for um, dip or dip and internally filling pens, is what it says. Yes. So
1: you need to be careful when purchasing. Like, if you're going for the hollow oh, which is like <laughs> the hot ink.
0: I just found another one, which is so the Pearl one, yeah. it says um, that can be used with both dip and internally filling pens in medium and broad sizes to prevent clogging. So it gets yeah. even more complicated. Pass. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. if I, if I, if that's my my uh my caveat like i'm just gonna i want the all fountain pen ink or i want the all dip nib ink i don't want to like well kind of sort of fountain pens if you use it in this way yeah (laughs) 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 so yeah like i'll i will skip those like i'm pretty brave and will like put you know all kinds of fountain pen inks and all kinds of pens but if there's like kind of like maybe I'm like I'll pass right like I'll put iron gall inks in anything right Yep. but if I have to use a certain nib size to ensure that the flow is going to be well I'm just gonna pass and I'll well, with I guess the nib. so they could be good for uh my drill log yeah oh 100 you know that's, I mean that's I that's essentially a dip nib right so did you see that they they
0: were delayed a little bit
1: um, I didn't because I'm staring at a box that delivered yesterday to okay. my house. Okay. So, um, mine's here. I they don't care about shipping, anyone else. <laughs> but they were
0: struggling with um paperwork. So yes. they they made another update yesterday to show mm-hmm. that they are shipping them out. Um, but they was uh, this was like earlier in the month, and I understand. Like, they, they, sure. it was a really nicely written thing. Actually, like, look, we've never really done this before and there's like yeah, a ton yeah. of paperwork that we don't understand but we've got our head around it now and we're on it again so yeah, i would yeah. say like they have actually delivered or like you know started shipping way faster than i thought they would i, I didn't here. think there was any way they were going to get them out before the end of the year and they did so bravo drill like i'm really excited about getting mine i can't wait to play yeah. the thing
1: yeah. So mine showed up yesterday while I was streaming. I have not opened it yet. So somehow mine mine snuck out uh in whatever earlier shipments they have. But like this is a universal oh, shipping problem right now. Ben, you just ben got Walsh. The Brad Dowdy uh, special. Oh, uh, you th- you think I got uh in in uh in stack one for a reason? Yeah. <laughs> you, you never know you never know until there's a letter in there when i open up the box and say hey brad we got yours out
0: first. <laughs> hey brad we made sure <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then i have to go okay whoops <laughs> i guess hey brad, that we decided help. we'd take any of the potential
0: fines that we might have to pay for this one
1: yep 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 so uh we sent yours sent yours by carrier pigeon first but yeah like i was you know talking to ben walsh you know like a, a month ago he had the same situation, you know, uh, halfway around the world, where it's not a physical issue as much as it is is a like a paperwork and coordination issue, and it just costs yeah. people months of time, like literally months for paperwork shipping issues. So yeah, that's a whole, it's a whole different podcast. So mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so yeah, that would be good. Holograph would be good for your drill log, um, mm-hmm. assuming the the um. It, it attaches to the nib properly, like you know, the drawer log is a little bit particular that way. But I'm sure we'll these these more dip nib uh, inks would work well. So yeah, be careful when you're buying dominant industry. Just pay a little bit of attention there, um, if and know what you're going to be using them for. Because like I, again, the hologram is like the hottest ink on the market,
0: but you don't want to put that in your fountain pens. This episode of the Pen Addicts was brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens. Uni is the world's number one pizza oven company. They make surprisingly small ovens that are powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal or gas, letting you make restaurant quality pizza in your own backyard. Uni pizza ovens, they're really easy to use and incredibly portable. They're really good in size and they're going to fit in any outside space. Now, high temperature is what makes a great pizza and this is what an uni pizza oven can do and it's completely different to what you get in your home oven because an uni pizza oven can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees fahrenheit 500 degrees celsius this will enable you to cook that restaurant quality pizza in as little as just 60 seconds that's the other advantage that you get so there's a couple of models that are really popular at Uni. One is the multi-fueled Uni Karu. This is, can use uh, wood charcoal or gas. So however you want to cook the pizza, you can choose from those. And also the Uni Koda 16. This can cook up to 16-inch pizzas and has an innovative L-shaped burner at the back to give you even heat distribution. Uni pizza ovens, they start at just $299 and they have free shipping to the US, UK, and EU. Uh, this could be a really great last minute holiday gift for someone, I think. Brad, would you agree?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Now I'm I have the Coda sixteen Uni sent me uh a long time ago, and I actually haven't used it in a month or two. And now that I'm you're, we're having them on the show this week, I was like, Well, it's it's Christmas this weekend and I'm really not doing anything this weekend, and it's gonna be like the perfect time to crank this pizza oven up. The whole family will be here and we can just like all make our own pizzas and make There's a whole little pizza. event out of it. It's kind of like the perfect little little holiday uh, cooking adventure and we get some awesome pizza out of it. And everyone loves the uni every time we use it. It's It's like the coolest thing ever.
0: And listeners of this show, they can get ten percent off their purchase of an Uni Pizza Oven, which could be up to fifty dollars on the Uni code of sixteen. So, when you go to uni.com, use the code PENADDICTFM twenty one at checkout. Uh, you also find a ton of great accessories there, for everything that you're going to need. Uh, Uni Pizza Ovens are always in high demand, especially around this time of year. So go check it out right now if you're interested. Uni Pizza Ovens are the best way to bring restaurant quality pizza to your own backyard. So go to OONI Uni.com and use the code PENADICTFM21 and you will get 10% off. Our thanks to Uni Pizza Ovens for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Mike. Right. The
1: results are in for the twenty twenty one Penn census. You ready to go over this today? Sure. I am, I am so excited. I am really, really thrilled that um, Michael Harris and Catherine Palmasano, our doctors, our Penn doctors in residence, put their time and effort into making this census. This is the second year that they've done this. Um, the first year, it was really cool. To see how everyone uh, replied and responded. You know, it's just kind of the general idea is just kind of get, get a demographic overview of the community and then just some general ideas of what the community uses as far as products, you know, how many pens they have, what brands they like, you know, what are some of their favorite, you know, kind of high-level things like a nib size, things like that. So I'm there's two two parts to this that our listeners can play along with one. There's a PDF download of all the slides. Which can I we'll put have in both
0: sli- of these in the show notes?
1: Yes. Okay. So both of these are going to be in the show notes. So the slides can go in the show notes. And then they, uh, Michael and Kat did a video that's on YouTube and it was set to private just for us to review first and, um, you know, get a first look at before we launched it. But once this goes live, we're going to let Michael know he's going to turn the video to public can I just say that Kat and Michael did just a fabulous job on the video presentation That's going great. through all the slides. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to thank them so much. I'm going to keep bragging on them the entire time I do this because I was just so happy hearing them and, and the commitment they have to this and like the the understandings they're trying to glean from this information and just the the support that everyone gave them uh, for for building this because you know it's a lot of time and effort on on their part to mm-hmm. to do put all this together and then analyze it and you know build out the slide deck and put up the video. So just thank you so much to Kat and and Michael for for doing this. And they did just an outstanding job. So raw numbers Mike from last year to this year. Last year we had 154 respondents this year If you had to guess, like it's probably unfair for to make you guess, what would you have guessed? You know, even with us, like promoted, we promoted it on on the podcast a bunch. I promoted on the blog. I would have guessed like four hundred and something, maybe five hundred on a good day. I would say five.
0: That's probably what I would go if you were to ask me. I'll probably go five.
1: Nine hundred nine total respondents.
0: For a good number, Um,
1: I was shocked isn't the right word. I was happy. I was thrilled. I was like, wow, that is really, really great. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, um, okay, I'm already thinking about, wow, can we do that again next year? That's immediately how my mind works. I was like, man, if we do this again, can we do more? And it's like, I don't know. Um. So the first several slides, we're going to go through a lot of these slides. I won't profess to go through all of them, but Mike, uh, Michael and uh, Kat do on on the video. So the first handful of slides is kind of laying the groundwork for for uh the demographics of the people who answered like the later questions so like you have your age breakdowns right and you have um your your gender uh breakdowns and you have your region breakdowns um so you know there there were some good good tidbits in here so like cat made a good point that um you know 33 percent of the community that replied to this were uh identify as female which i thought was a good percentage i would obviously like to see more and then you know uh, michael and cat both discussed like the overall um white maleness of this um survey um, you know, that we would like to see more diversity in this. Like I think we hit some good diversity numbers, but that is definitely one thing that I flagged mm-hmm. that I can work on personally as someone who has a voice in the community to, to help build build a more diverse um community of of pen addicts. And just if you're if you're just picking up this episode today and you haven't really don't have a real background in in the podcast or in what we're doing i do want to clarify that this is just from mostly from the pen Addict slack members so that it, it is a self-selecting kind of not, group of a self-selecting
0: yes. group thank you yes yeah. so
1: self-selecting group there so you know keep those things in mind um as you're going through some of the responses but um yeah i would like to see you know the the demographics change a little bit and that's something uh the diversity um that i would like to work on personally um and i know you're on board with that as well Mm. um as well as like the the region scope i was a little um shocked there wasn't more um outside of north america and uh, uh western europe representation as much as i thought i thought there would be maybe a little bit more i mean i know it definitely skews heavily to north america and western europe and you know um, I've, I've found that interesting. I was not sure what to expect there, but you know, maybe, you know, we, we are a worldwide community and I would love to see that participation drive up even further. Handedness, Mike, I know this is, uh, something that, uh, that you take seriously as a lefty. How do you feel being in the 11th percentile? I mean, that's pretty much your worldwide percentile, right? We hit kind of along the lines I think it's around what 10% I think was mm-hmm. the uh the universal left-handedness I have no idea but
0: this is the best 11%. <laughs> I, although I like the both, you know I I do consider myself team both not in handwriting mm-hmm. but in other things. So what Cross do you dominant. do right-handed? What do you do right-handed? Everything except writing. Really? Mhm. Hmm, this is come Maybe up that's before.
1: why maybe yeah, yeah yeah maybe that's why I don't notice when we're together that you're even writing left-handed because I'm just not used to seeing you, you yeah. just do everything right-handed.
0: Yeah. Like if you were to hand something to me, I'd grab my right hand, mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like that. you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the reasons this survey exists in the first place, uh, being that, um, Catherine and Michael are both a uh, doctorate level education. They were wondering at the time when, when they, um, when they started doing this, you know, is there? There seemed to be like a a thing, if you will, that it seemed like you know. Wow, why we're talking to like a lot of like people that have gone through higher education. So there are some education level slides in here. A lot of bachelor's, masters, and doctorate degrees in here. Um, and then they even did the
0: breakdown of you degrees. See, Brad, this is going back to that self-selecting part. Yes, that's way too high, I think,
1: for. For in relation, so they actually have a in relation to slide on this one because it is such an outlier, right? Um, So you'll see like the inset on that slide as y'all are going through this um, compared to the broader world or at least, okay, to the broader U.S. um, This Mm -hmm. is a very, very outlier, but I think it's informational, right? Even though it is it's not self-selecting. I'm not saying it's a problem. No, no, no. You just have to understand the context of mm-hmm. the overall survey. Yes. Um, and then we have, you know, what fields people are in, right? You know, what you know, if they um, were in their, in their education, their highest degree level, like what were they studying? You know, medicine, history, you know, finance, education, lots of things like that. So it's just good information. And then we have a current occupation list, which I thought was pretty cool to see. And then we had a fun, they had a fun little um, little um, field where you could type in, what is your current job title? Mike, how would you have filled out or how did you fill out the current job title? Or what would you say? Founder. Founder. So you would just go with founder.
0: Because well, I don't have one other one.
1: Yeah, so like I don't have a job title. I think I, I don't know what I put. I think I might have just put pen
0: addict on there. Mm. Like, <laughs> like, like so I'm not going to. So if I put, have like, to fill out official documents in the UK, mm-hmm. it's director because like I am a mm-hmm. company director, gotcha. and that is a profession. Unbelievably, um, mm-hmm. okay, which doesn't make any sense because company directors can do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I would if I. But given a form like this, I would probably write like founder.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what I would put. So I'm pretty sure I put pen addict. Um, I'm not going to put like content creator. That's one of my least favorite terms. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, I, yeah, I talk about pins on the internet. What is my job? Like small business owner,
0: professional communicator,
1: professional communicator. Uh, I'm doing a poor job (laughs) right now, probably. Um, but let's look at a, a couple of these job titles, Mike. Um, System engineer in ground and mission systems for space applications. That's kind of dope. Apiarist. Uh, that was my favorite. Yeah, Do you know what that is? It's beekeeper, right? Beekeeping. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. There is a an apiarist among us. I loved mum. To be perfectly honest, I thought that was a fantastic job title. I love that officer, United States Space Force. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure <laughs> if that's
0: accurate. Uh, kind of like, like space uh, space ninja. Deal. Always out of context, fun for me, Dean. Right, just like the it's word just like, Dean, just boom, Dean. <laughs> like, what if it's just a guy named Dean? <laughs> that could and, be
1: me too. Like, I could have just put Dean. Like, I'm the Dean of the School you just of Pinat. Brad, yeah, Brad. In there. what is your yeah. profession, Brad? Or that like, I could be a nail. Right? Uh-huh. Um, domestic goddess was uh, is a great one. So yeah, lots of fun current job titles And the in um, Kat and Michael's uh, YouTube basically their point was with this whole job thing and education thing is we're all a bunch of nerds, right? Like, well, I mean, yes, big, because most of the, the education and away. employment
0: stuff is in computers. Like, they're the yeah. biggest single things it's this which is interesting and again it's like i just because i feel like it's important to put the context that is not the pen community that's this slice of the pen community you know know what i mean it's like it and even then like the type of person who would fill in a survey that originated in a slack is mm -hmm. the portion of the pen addict audience that is more computer focused yes which even though like to listen to a podcast you have to understand a little bit there's then this like subset again you know Mm -hmm. and some of that that realization
1: comes up later um and and you'll see in in some of these slides where there is like a huge gap it's like okay we do have a lot of this nerd level crossover but then we'll have like a big gaps of like hey i don't listen to podcasts which is like totally cool it's like a but, you know, like a huge percentage will we'll answer that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but right, I don't so understand ne- those people.
0: <laughs> so we'll get there. <laughs> We're going to have to they talk may. about that when we get there because I don't get oh,
1: it. Oh, uh, Kat and, and Michael made a very, very valid point about your commentary on that last year. Um, so we will get there. Uh-huh. All right. Next slide. Time collecting pens. Again, you know, this is, this is you know, based on the people taking the survey. Let's see, well over half started since 2011. So in the past decade, um, the majority of users, mm-hmm. I'd say over 50%, so what's that? Yeah, 514 users for from 2011 to the present. But the, the biggest category was 2016 to the present, which I thought was pretty interesting. I thought it might have been 2011 to 2015, but mm-hmm. I like seeing the shortest time frame having the biggest bar here in the chart like that of course makes me happy and then we have a really big group that have been doing it since before 1990 which that was a surprise to me um so there, there's a large pre-1990 group was 122 respondents like that's mm. that's a big chunk time spent on the pen slack per day um <laughs> there's two groups none or all <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> well, actually, uh, none is not a member of the Slack, which was good. Like we took this outside of Slack to get a broader subset of answers, right? So not a member of the Slack. 417 was a bigger, big, big respondent. That's a good place to be. I'm going to be honest to you. Um, the next biggest was 306 respondents in less than an hour a day. Um, that's a healthy place to be. Um, you always open people or dawn till dusk people like need to check yourselves a little bit, right? Like that's, that's a lot of slacking. Um, um, I am in the less than a minute a day. Probably. I just, I I get, if I get in there, I get lost, right? So sometimes I just avoid it unless I get like a message and then I jump in. So, all right, next up size of fountain pen collection. So this is broken down from, uh, the first 50 are like in groups of 10 so less than 10 10 to 20 21 to 30 31 to 40 41 to 50 then we have 51 to 100 and then we have the bulk categories 101 to 200 201 to 300 300 plus and then the last one more than i tell my partner we did have four people who have more than they tell their partner so <laughs> what category do you fall in do you know I don't know that I have an accurate number. I think I have a guess.
0: I don't know, but I reckon I'm probably 51 to 100.
1: Yeah. And this is just being fountain pens, right? Yeah. So size of fountain pen collection. Yeah. Mine is probably the 101 to 200. I'm probably like over, I'm probably closer, close to 200, I would bet. But I I would need, I've never counted. Like I've really never counted on that. So I, that would be my guess. And I, I don't remember what my answer was, but that's, I think, where I fall. But, Um, I'm honestly, I'm really happy the the two, there was, there was a pretty good spread in this, right? So less than 10, 154, 10 to 20, 176, 21 to 30, 138. And then once you cross the 30 threshold, you're getting up in the hundreds threshold, right? (laughs) So it was a, it was a, the the thirty one to forty and forty one to fifty were smaller in in respondents than yeah. than some of the larger numbers which was interesting so it's kind of the just getting started or I only need one or two things or give me all of them right like it's a it was pretty telling usual number of pens inked at once where do you fall in on this one Mike probably <laughs> fifty one plus. <laughs> so um you know you got a special shout out i think we just need to call this we need to like give you like an honorarium for this category right just call this like um you know the mic slide or Mm -hmm. just have a category like you can check that says like usual number inked at once one of them is all um one of the responses is clean question mark um so and and eleven people are with you, Mike. <laughs> that or mm-hmm. all? Oh, um, that's I think what just... that
0: means. Okay.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. What do you mean, clean pens? I think we should just call it Mike. Yeah. Um, they'll just have the category uh, called Mike. So, uh, no uh, cat, cat, cat and cat and Michael, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed picking on you there, as I always do. Just uh, because I like to give you a hard time. I fall. I want to be in the six to ten pens inked at once. I am always in the eleven to twenty. Um, just by default, it just happens that way. I'm never ever more. When I get more than like twelve or so inked, I start just like freaking out. I don't like it at all. So the majority here is is one to five was 373 respondents, six to ten was 268 respondents. So um, anything greater than ten, like it, it it ratcheted down like pretty quickly, which makes a lot of sense ink collection size i'm actually curious about your response in this so ink collection size including samples the the buckets are a little bit broader here so less than 10 10 to 30 31 to 50 51 to 100 and then we have some greater ones do you know where you fall hmm
0: i would say probably 10 to 30 i think i think that's it really? for me. okay yeah. okay
1: yeah i'm i'm well into the the one hundred one to two fifty, but like in the two, I gotta be in the two hundred. I don't think I cross into the two fifty one to five hundred category, but I'm I I gotta be like around two hundred or something like that. I, that's I'm again very like, confident I avoid counting
0: that I have more than ten. I I don't think I have more than thirty.
1: Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, like that's a good place to be. I think. Um, we had twenty two respondents at five hundred one plus.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know, but that's surely not. Surely not, right? Like, no. Re- I, really? No,
1: bottles and samples. So
0: again, samples, we can just yeah, go to- f- yeah, That's I always forget the samples. This, this we hit can me just, last time, I remember.
1: Yeah, we can just go to Fountain Pen Companion and look at the leaderboards and probably most of those people filled out this survey. Mm. Like I know most of those people at the top of those boards. That doesn't surprise me, but it's a big number. All right. Next up we get into like the the really fun stuff. This is one of the one of my favorite slides, I think one of universally, one of the favorite slides of of everybody. Favorite fountain pen brands. So, I'm going to um, break this down um and I'm just going to read the numbers and then we'll we'll discuss it. So, number 1 Pilot Namiki at 487. Again, this is something I missed when we were talking about this the the first time around. You can pick multiple in here, right? So we had 909 respondents, but you can pick, you can have a multiple uh, selections for this. So the numbers won't add up to 909. So favorite fountain pen brands. Pilot Namiki, 487 votes. Number two, Mike. Twisby, 382 votes. We will circle back to that. Number three, Sailor, 355. Number four, Lamy. 325. Number 5, Platinum, 270. Number 6, Pelican, 260. And then uh, 7 through 12 are Franklin Christoph, Cavecó, Leonardo, shown Design, Nakaya, and Mont Blanc. So, this list, uh,
0: I could spend an hour on. Yeah. This is madness to me, like in a good what, way and bad What do you want ways. to start with? What do you want to start with? So there's just like... I don't even know. So like, Sean design is really interesting to me mm-hmm. in this list. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I wouldn't have to me, thought to it put was, it in the list.
1: Yeah, to me, it was shown and Leonardo were the two that surprise. Yeah, surprise isn't the right word because like those are two of my favorite brands. The volume that's what of it selections is. Selections. It's was it's, interesting.
0: Of the nine hundred people. One hundred and twenty-nine of those nine hundred put shown Design in their favorite. It's just like an in, that's like a much larger proportion mm-hmm. of the respondents than I would have assumed, th- like that for. And then similarly, because like what is so interesting to me is that it is above Nakaya and Mont Blanc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That like it's, I it, can... all of this stuff is 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 interesting to me. Yeah. Like I can see Nakaya not making the
1: list honestly. I thought Montblanc would be a little bit higher. Mm. But it's a it's a particular Montblanc's actually a particular subset, right? You're really there's either only one Montblanc pen in existence or you're a Montblanc super fan, right? right you don't right, kind right. of dabble mm-hmm. in Montblanc. You either have one or you're a super fan. The one I found interesting and I guess this is just a personal thing which is I guess that's what this is about Kaveco Cave- is pretty low uh, I thought that would be a top 5 hmm. favorite brand although you know maybe no. that's not people's favorite I right? think maybe it's everybody a seconder, has one secondary or tertiary right. type of brand but but no but one's putting one. it in
0: there like well not no one but like quote, like for people that own them I would say most of the people a large proportion of the people who answered this probably own a Caveco. Mm-hmm but it didn't go high but then then this is where my own theory starts to fall apart so pilot twisby lamy right mhm so my theory on these three is everyone kind of likes them you know yes they're they have a broad spectrum
1: of offerings
0: that are especially in Twisby and Lamy and even pilot to a point, fairly priced, yeah. readily yep. available, work well. They encompass like a lot of the best options in
1: the realms that they live in. Like, you know, Michael mentioned in the video how I'd mentioned before about pilot being first. Like, it's because like one of my theory is that pilot can run the gamut from the entry-level pen to the highest of high-end pens. And people love those products equally for for what they are. Like, from the Pilot Metropolitan can have just an enormous amount of love because it's that good of pen. And you can go all the way up to, like, the the Namiki, you know, like the Namiki Ukari Royales, which are thousands of dollars, and they have, you know, that level of pen, and they hit every price point in between. Where Twisby doesn't do that, but what Twisby executes well is the beginning to m- middle range, like better than anyone, right? So a lot of people dabble in that range
0: and find something that they love. It's still just interesting to me that over half of the people that answered the survey put Pilot in their yep. favorite pen brands.
1: I, I, I agree. Like, I agree. Like, I'm not surprised that Twisby's is number two. I actually, I kind of love that. Yeah. I am. I'm trying to
0: figure out Lamy. Well, because right? Sailor you know above Lamy, love Lamy, Lamy then breaks down. Yeah. One and two, right? So, like, if we mm-hmm. like Pilot and Twisby, oh, yeah, everybody loves them, so they put them on. Yeah. And then Sailor is like, yeah, okay, like, people like Sailor, but then Lamy is then too low, I feel like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I
0: I... I, Lamy is hard to understand. I could go
1: either way with Lamy.
0: Maybe they're more forgettable. I think that's
1: Kaweko. Like, Well, I but yeah, that's but why Kaweco's like down in number eight. Right. I'm almost saying that Lamy should be down there, too. If Kaweco's oh. down there, Lamy should be down there.
0: Okay.
1: And you know I love Lamy. You know. Like, I would probably have Lamy... If I'm doing this list... Gosh, I can't even remember. Like, if I had to order this list... Like, we just had to do check boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, pick our favorites. But if I had to do a personal order, I don't even know what I would do.
0: I would go like, Sailor I'll, Platinum. That's one and two, for sure. Sailor Platinum is one and two. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm i glad Lamy's that high. I'm, yeah, I'm an, I'm just, I'm
1: trying to understand. I could, like you said, I could stare at this slide for an hour and have a million different thoughts. Platinum's but, too I, close
0: to Pelican for me. Platinum should have a... In my, from, from again, my opinion, Platinum should be much further ahead than Pelican.
1: See, I disagree okay. because plat, Platinum has no range whatsoever. Well, I know, but depends the In their product line. They do lineup. have a so good... That, uh, there's, they're lucky to have 270. They're lucky to be at number five.
0: Hmm.
1: While they could be technically the best pen on the market.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But they're lucky to be at number five just because there's not a lot of options, right? That's impressive, Pelican has infinite more range than platinum does, hmm. although platinum's low end range is spectacular like before you get to the thirty seven seventy six their zero to fifty dollar range is better it's that's twisby level of good with the plaers and and the uh the preppies and and things like that right so but do does the platinum Does having 10 platinum preppies make them your favorite fountain pen brand? Like, it's like people don't really do that, right? They're going to have like a Twisby Eco or a 580, and that's going to be the special pen where the preppy is just the entry level pen. It doesn't equate. I don't know. I I, want to talk more about Leonardo and Shone again. Um, it it makes me really happy to see that mm. because that's not something neither one of those would have been it's it's hard like they're two of my favorite brands i don't know that i would have i don't know if i how i voted for this or what i did i'm just happy that they're there right I think it's I think it's cool. And also, uh, Mike I uh, just wanna one caveat. Michael and Kat did have to like create these categories. It wasn't a write in, so they did miss some. Like Franklin it's uh, not Franklin Cristal, Faber Castell. <laughs> um, like wasn't on the list. Not that it would have rated in the top, but like Faber Castell, Faber-Castell, a couple of other um, uh, you know, brands like were just forgot on this list. I don't know, that they would have cracked the top twelve here, but I do find it telling that Leonardo and Shawn are ahead of Mont Blanc and I think that's I think, I that's think it's cool. I it's think it's representative like, I, I of think our it's community. Right.
0: Um especially mm-hmm. Sean design. I just, I right. just would have not expected that. But right. I, I I like it.
1: Yep. Um sidebar on this slide, um, I think the the way this the vintage versus modern breakdown is is almost eighty five percent of respondents preferred modern. I think is that how I'm reading this. Um, yeah, in this chart. Mm-hmm. Um, separate from fountain pens, non fountain pen writing instruments, Mike, pretty even spread among the top types. Yep, R- rollerball, ballpoint, gel was number one, four hundred seventy eight, but then rollerball, well, four hundred two, yeah. Rollerball, uh, number two in this in this chart, which Kat mentioned was, was interesting. Mechanical pencil was number two. Gel pen four seventy eight. Mechanical pencil four twenty
0: five. I Super think that makes sense to me. Like mechanical pencils serve a completely different purpose as does like gel pens. That's you know, exactly like, right. You should you, have you one gotta of have, each. have one of each, right? Like if, yep. if you just have one of each, because you never, you know, you might need them,
1: right. So, and then Rollerball 402 and Ballpoint 358 and Wooden Pencil 328. Those are, I mean, you could just, you you know, you could throw a blanket over all those. Those are all really, really close. So, um, and then separate, like a complete, like several deviations down is Fineliner, Felt Tips, and Markers. And those are kind of all the same category, Um, you know. If you're thinking about it, all right. And then related to that, this is the non fountain pen category. So favorite standard pen brands: it's Pilot at number one, Retro fifty one number two, Uni ball number three, Zebra four, Pentel five, Lamy six, Sharpie seven, Spoke eight, Carandash nine, Rotring Parker, then Bic. The Retro fifty one. Is all you have to do is look at the community (laughs) that replied to this. It's kind of crazy. There's one for everyone,
0: right? Like, yeah. Again, and then once you get it, you realize it's a great pen, and it's an easy like entrance. The pen is easy to find one for you, and then once you get it, you. I think everyone gets a bit surprised by it for the first time. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was still surprised to see it number two. The rest of it. Um. So let's take the big. This is like my. My sweet spot for for the the broader stationary scope pilot uniball zebra pentel, right those are the big four, and that's the order that they came in at and that's probably how I would say the general public uh would vote for that i I would put uniball one but it's close pilot three and three twenty eight uniball three eleven
0: well, so there is one the clear... thing that, that we've learned mm-hmm. from so far mhm- pilot best pen company ever. In all of history, every product constantly the best.
1: I mean, they make <laughs> the most popular gel. Uh-huh. Like it's not the best. They make the best mechanical pencil. And then, by the way, they have a fountain pen. Um, you know, inventory that crosses like every price point ever. Like mm-hmm. And uh, maybe I need to start yelling at them more instead of Lamy. I yell. At, Pilot's my number two company. I yell at. Lamy's still number one, though. But my point being, Pilot and Uniball are far and away the one and two compared to Zebra and Pentel. Like, yeah. there's, that that category is segmented exactly as I would see the overall stationary market. It's Pilot and Uniball at the top and then Zebra and Pentel um, in the second tier, but they each, like Zebra and Pentel each have some uh, great products, and that's why like, you know, throw out Retro 51. It's Pilot, Uniball, Zebra, Pentel. Like, that's it. I mean that's that that lined up with like what I think about when I, th- I think about standard pens. So
0: So I think that you need to make a product called the Spoke One Hundred, because there's just something about that written down <laughs> that I really like.
1: <laughs> it does look funny. So the two of two of them on this list look funny. Spoke one hundred and bic eighty eight. It seems like it should be yeah. Like what is the big? I like. I actually like tilted my head. as like also What's Karen ninety four.
0: Is something about that which is because Karen Dash just looks so weird written down to me. Anyway, yeah. Well, and they already use
1: numbers like the mm-hmm. the eight forty nine is their pen. So, so yeah, they use numbers in the in the name and the big eighty eight just seems like a big pin, like one of their their weird pens.
0: celebration pen.
1: <laughs> Next up <laughs> are some fun, um, some content uh survey question stationary and fountain pen podcast this was just a general what do you listen to uh, or do you listen to these things or do you not listen to anything um number one pen addict number two tokyo link inklings number three the nib section bent tines erasable and we can go on and on and on mike's favorite category is number seven and he would he would like to address those 75 people so go ahead well, oh I can't. wait they're not gonna hear can you
0: I? I can't address them but I just don't understand the seventy-five people that filled in the a survey for a Slack based on a podcast, but don't listen to that podcast. I don't get it. Uh, it's it's any, based on a
1: blog. Based on a blog.
0: Well, all right. That yeah, has a fair podcast. enough. Fair enough. But nevertheless, so. you never talk about the Panavic Slack on the website. No, no. Right? I feel like it's only ever been mentioned here.
1: Yeah, I don't want people to know it exists. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's so, the
1: that's the whole joke on everybody is like this isn't supposed to exist.
0: <laughs> it's like so yeah, I just find it I just find it really odd. It it like I, and I don't I don't really understand how those people found their way there. Maybe they don't maybe they used to listen to the show and can't stand mm-hmm. me and then like stop listening. I'm sure that happens. So I I don't know mm-hmm. what the deal is, but it's always fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I, I do think it's funny. It's it's good. Um, the point on this slide and the the next few slides is that if you listen to one of these shows, there's other shows out there that may be worth checking out and have you know different kind of um, you know focuses. From you know maybe the pen addict, you know, like the erasable focuses mm. a lot on pens, uh, excuse me, pencils, you know, and you know just different different types of of creators doing different type of content. so that goes into the stationary and fountain pen YouTube channels. Um, I think it's like I think the the top four is is the break point because uh, it's goulet pens, fig boot on Pens, uh, Stephen Brown and ink Dependence and then number five is none, right? so that's your gap right there so like i do think those are probably the top four kind of most common in the community youtube channels goulet fig boot uh steven and, and mike and then um you get into uh aziza gourmet pens anderson pens inky rocks uh, pinboy roy and and a, and a bunch more so like some really good content again you want to use this for discovery purposes right mm-hmm. oh i've never really watched any YouTube channels, maybe I'll pick, you know, go check out what Aziza does at Gourmet Pens and check out her handwriting and, and her pen reviews that she does just such a good job on, you know, something like that. It's like really, really good for discovery. I was surprised to see this next slide or this question even uh, to begin with. Stationery and Fountain Pen Twitch channels. So, you know, it's got myself, Toasty Treat, Penguin's Creative, Havoc Rose, and Oh Joy. Um, were the top five and then none at 431. I'm pretty happy that at least 50% of people even know what Twitch is because mm-hmm. that is it's such an outlier right now. I was actually happy with this result, not because uh, I was happy that this even exists as a thing, because I just think we'll see more and more people. Uh, Twitch is such a good platform for stationery. Yeah. And... I think it's only going to grow. Obviously I'm biased because I spend a lot of time there um, and have worked, worked a lot on my Twitch channel and have like so much more I could do. So I am clearly biased and wanting Twitch to succeed, but I, the community's great. Uh, it's very open, very welcoming and it's, it's just cool. So I, I was happy to see that and y'all should definitely go check, te- check out uh toasty treat and penguins creative and havoc rose and oh hi joy and we have a whole whole bunch of others that i i can point people to to you know kind of um you know hang out and you know make their day go by uh, a little bit better hearing someone talk about stationary even if it's just in the background all right switching slides a little bit we're going to go into favorite nib size mike i think this is pretty much in line with the percentages I would guess. So we're favorite nib size. We're going with general stock nib sizes here. So extra fine, fine, medium, broad, double broad, and zoom. I'm surprised zoom made this. There was a whole discussion. Michael had a whole discussion about hey, where do I put stub? Where do I put zoom? Uh, in this. So um, that's those are things that uh, we can continue to work on separating out or segmenting as we see fit. There's a next slide. It's called favorite grind, which we'll talk about. So the top two. Are fine and medium, uh, fine with thirty one point four percent, medium with thirty percent, and then extra fine with nineteen um, percent. No surprises here. I am actually surprised extra fine is that high, but I think with the modern fountain pen user, that extra fine, you know, people transition from gel pens a lot of times. Uh, they see, you know, want to try to write in, in some of the extra fine stuff. Mm. Um,
0: but any surprises here to you? Um, I don't think so. I was. I liked seeing medium and fine basically equal. Yeah. About 30%. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a good comment that you make that like fine and extra fine probably do pretty well for people coming from those things. And then mm-hmm. I think like then a lot of people move to medium because I, I do think for a lot of people, medium is a better fountain pen experience because you, you, you're getting a little bit of a more rounded experience, I think. Right. Right. You, can, you get some of the more qualities a fountain pen can give you. Right. And then Kat had a good
1: commentary, you know, just from a a survey standpoint. It's like, well, do we differentiate between Western and Japanese, you know, line widths, right? Like, not all mediums are created equal. What am I answering here? That type of thing. So it's, it's a little bit difficult. Yes, that's um, tricky
0: because there isn't a standard. Right, right. Right. Because certain mm-hmm. pen brands might... A medium and one might be halfway between a broad and a medium. You know what I mean? There isn't like a oh a medium nib grind is this millimeter.
1: Right, right, right. So you bring it into favorite grind, and this is the you know, this is where you ratchet up the nerd level, right? So the no no grind on the pens is thirty-four point six percent. And I would so, be in that category. Mm-hmm. And, which is fair, like, you don't, this is, this is, like, the specialty category, right? So, Stub Nib is second at 15.5, Curse of Italic, 12.6, Architect at 10.9, I think that's pretty high. Um, then we have, like, the Sig Nib, and then, like, some other specialty nibs, Needlepoint, Naganatas. Um I think I know yeah. why
0: Architect is so high. Why? Because it is a branded, like, a known grind. I think it's yeah. one that people sit like, they want to get a nib grind. I've mm-hmm. heard of Architect.
1: Yes. Same thing goes for uh, the SIG grind that Franklin Christoph does, uh, the Naganata grind, and the Needlepoint grind, right? Those are, like, almost, like, brand name grinds, if you will.
0: SIG grind, I understand what it is where it is, because you can get it in one place, really, like, you
1: know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's it's a grind that's in between like the stub and the curse of Italic, generally speaking um so it fits a lot of people's um yeah idea it's interesting of, hey, I-, I, I i've never
0: really considered stub as a grind cuz i've never yeah, that had was... someone do that i i buy stub nibs
1: yeah so i've had stub nibs ground uh-huh. uh i've had a like a medium turned into a stub um, So, yeah, I have had that. And that was one of Michael's points is, like, do we put stub... Since you can get a lot of stock stub nibs, do we put that in the stock or does that mm. go in the grind? So, yeah, it's, like, all these kind of uh, machinations on where to put the right things. The other hobbies categories always interesting. And it would be, like, literally from 1 to 23 is how many items on here. Not one of these is a surprise. A um, uh, lot I of rock climbers, Brad. That's true. Rock climbing was... uh was was up there uh 31 31 rock climbers ahead of the 13 home brewers um knitting i thought would be a little bit higher knitting was down at 21 on the list um where photography is way up at number five on the list at 250 and as well as cooking and baking and hiking hiking and camping so watches um, at 14 feels mm -hmm. lower than i would have expected I was going to say the same thing. Based on the activity in the Slack channel, that mm-hmm. must be the entirety of the Slack Watches channel, which is the most active channel on there. Um, but that must be like the entirety of that group must have voted on this list uh, just to get that high in here
0: is, is what I'm thinking. So still a lot of crossover between those two, really. I mean, like even the companies. This whole list.
1: Yeah. This whole list is yeah. Yeah. is really telling for the 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 crossover potential right mm-hmm. like it's it's obvious to me what it is next question i thought was extremely interesting maybe the most interesting slide theoretical maximum budget for a single pin what that i mean you've already looked at the chart you're probably staring at it right now but what would you have said or how did you answer this if you recall
0: probably like 2000 yeah, like if we'd like, because this is, I can't imagine spending that on a pen. I'd haven't. Right, I've I've, I've got to a thousand. Yes, I've never crossed it, but that means that a thousand is not my maximum budget. So I'd have right. to say two thousand. See, I've spent
1: over a thousand on a single pen, but I don't have the desire to do it again. Just because, like, I don't know what pen would make me that happy to spend that much money on. So I, I I'm probably picked a thousand. Um. I'm actually surprised. So two thousand dollars was fifty one point nine percent of the respondents. And that surprised me. I thought it would be either five hundred or a thousand.
0: Well, I think it is the problem that a lot of people have hit a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> or or Again, like close. Context. to like eight hundred or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like I think
1: some of like the the people who have been doing this for a while and are really into the hobby. And are like fountain pen fanatics. A lot of them have crossed the five hundred dollar threshold, mm-hmm. right? For sure, that five hundred to one thousand dollar range, you can get a lot of really like crazy good pens in there. In like for like seven eight hundred, six seven eight hundred dollars, I think like the most like a lot of people have hit that. So would they consider spending more? Like yeah, I don't know. So I, I I was surprised it was that that big a number was 2,000.
0: And um, it is pretty big. I will, I will, I will agree like with you 52,
1: there. that. Like 52% said they would, you know, and this is not just like magic money. This is like, hey, I had to work for this. I had to save this up. I had to uh-huh. do the thing, you know, I had to, like you didn't well, win I the lottery. I could
0: imagine though, you know what I think it might be too is like there aren't a lot of pens that break a grand. Yeah. And so like everyone, even if they don't have it, Everyone mm-hmm. has a pen that is a thousand dollars that they're like, I would love to own that. Probably, yeah. So maybe that makes it feel less like a, like if they were ever gonna have the ability to do it, maybe they would do it. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I would. I just would have thought those two categories would have flipped. Like one thousand dollars maximum budget is twenty six percent. And then $2,000 is 52%. I thought those would have been exactly flipped, would have been my guess. I think that would have
0: made more logical sense to what I would have expected. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. here we are.
1: Here we are. All right. Last question, the best question of them all. And this was a little bit surprising. To post or not to post. No, don't post the pin. Or yes, post the pin. So the no's have it, as they should. But Mm. only at 58.3%. That's thought it would be a little... It's not high enough. No. Um, so the posters were at 41.7%. Um, that needs to be like uh, 75, 25. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to need y'all. <laughs> we're going to need to work on the question next year and force people into the right answer. Uh, mm-hmm. Kat and Michael, <laughs> we're going to have to tweak the, tweak the question just to get those percentages a little bit higher. Right? And also,
0: if anybody answers none, so the podcast question, <laughs> it just automatically starts playing an episode of the show. <laughs> so none is a download link to <laughs> yeah. episode so 400 of the Pen Attic podcast. They can no longer say that because they've listened. <laughs> we'll, work uh-huh. we'll work on that. We'll work on that. This is so good. I appreciate <sighs> so greatly the time spent um by cat and michael on this it's Mm -hmm. it's i i have uh i know what it's like to create a google form that people complete and you try (laughs) and draw information from it and it is a lot of work so Mm -hmm. i greatly appreciate it i love the presentation i love that you share it the Mm -hmm. way that you do and i hope that you feel the the want to continue yeah, it's spectacular.
1: Y'all go watch the video. Um, they do a great job of breaking everything down better than us, uh, in fact. So, um, it, it's good to have their perspective as the builders of the survey as well. You know, like what are what are they what are they working on? Why did they choose these questions? And you know, what are some of the ideas? Um, yeah, we' looking at the results, so some it's of the answers great, great we find YouTube.
0: perplexing, but they find them perplexing in a different way because right. they are. They ask the questions in a certain way, right? Or create the questions in a certain way. And so they probably had, and they did have, different expectations going into it with the questions that they ask. And and then the answers can be surprising. Uh, Honestly, uh, if I was going to make a suggestion, I I would really love a ranked favorite pens. Mm -hmm. Because I, I do not think that we are getting the right, Answer from that list. We're getting an answer. I don't think it's the answer we're expecting to get. So like what we're learning is lots of people like a set of brands. Mm -hmm. But I would like to know a ranked like a ranking. I would like to know what are people's ranking of their favorite brands. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Not oh, just it, tell me all the brands you like, right? Which is what we're getting yeah. at the moment. But I
1: think like both of those questions, both valid, comparatively, would be really valuable to to see. Yeah, you know what the differences are.
0: But yeah, I, and I'm not saying that the answer to that question, like the answer to that question, is now fascinating for a bunch of reasons that I wouldn't have expected from what that question was. Mm-hmm. But I personally would also just like to know how would how do people rank their favorite pen brands yeah like i don't even know how i would answer that today if you gave me if you said
1: my my choices are those 12 choices on that slide it come back in an hour
0: and i mean and it might be why I, they I don't, don't know, do it right cuz that I'd be happy. is a yeah. much harder question than just tell me all the brands you like yeah.
1: Like, and as, as someone who uses all these things and has opinions about all these things, I still, I think I would have a difficult time saying this is number one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It is hard. But it's I just, think it should be done. I, 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 I would love done. to see it. Like like I said like earlier, I could do top two and then I got stuck. <laughs> right, But yeah. I, I just, it's just, I would be really, you know, like, you could even just say like, what is your favorite? Like just one, yeah, right? One. Everyone has their favorite, surely, yeah. right? Yeah. And that would do most of the job. You don't need to rank yes. 10 brands. You, you would get what I'm looking for, right? So yeah. I think that might be cool, actually. So continue doing, Mike and Cat if you are willing to take any feedback, um, you don't have to listen to me at all. Continue mm. asking that question the way that you have, right? So pe- we can get that information. But then another question, which is just, what is your favorite pen brand?
1: Yeah, one singular follow up. Yeah. To pin people down to one. Yeah. And see how that breaks down. Because then I would just love to to overlay those two exactly next to each other that's what I want is the overlay. Yeah. Yeah, How does that
0: then move around? Yeah. Super cool.
1: Yep. Love it. Love this. All right. Thank you so much. Michael and Kat for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Y'all are superstars. This is, this is so much fun. Really useful. I uh, really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who answered and thanks yeah. to the participants who, uh, who spent the time to, to do this and uh, helped us have a little bit of fun and
0: uh, gain a little bit of insight. So thank you all. All right, gang. So you can go uh, to the show notes and you can find a link to the PDF. So you can take a look through that. Although I hope you kind of would have by now if you wanted to do that because otherwise you're listening to us to describe it. But then you can also go and watch a much more in-depth and detailed um, kind of run-through of this data uh, from the YouTube video from Michael and Kat. So there's links to the show notes for that. You can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 493 if you want to get your hands on that that information. Uh, Thank you so much to Uni for their support of this week's episode. Uh, If you want to find Brad online, you can go to penaddict.com, spokedesign.com, Brad streams uh, multiple times a week at twitch.tv slash penaddict. He is Dowdyism on Twitter and penaddict on Instagram. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you celebrate, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy holidays. We'll be back next week Until then, Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.